Welcome to Laughing Your Mask Off, the podcast where we talk to comedians about navigating the world of comedy since the pandemic. I'm Katherine Cowan. And I'm Carly Palestina. And today we're talking to the hilarious Herculean comedian, James Mack. Hello! <laughs> Welcome! Thanks. Hey, Catherine. Hey, hey, Carly. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So let's just start right off the bat. Um, how did you um, get into comedy? Where are you from? Where'd you start? Yeah, so uh, so where I'm from, I grew up between East Texas and East North Carolina. Uh, so that, and then I joined the army and went all over the world. Uh, but I still consider Texas home. So uh, that's actually where I started comedy. I started comedy outside of Dallas. Um, literally, and I have a joke about this, but everybody thinks it's just a joke. I started comedy on a dare. So, um, <laughs> it was more of a bet, I guess is how you'd say it. So I had a buddy of mine who's a road comic still. Um, uh, and, uh, it looked easy and he was, he was on a rant one night about how like the crowd didn't like him and stuff. And I was like, dude, this stuff is easy. I don't see why you're complaining so much. And he was like, come to the mic with me. Just, just. Just do three jokes. That's all you have to do is three jokes. He goes, and uh, because at the time I was teaching people how to shoot, um, I was a firearms instructor. And he was like, if uh, he, and he would never come shooting with us. He's like, so if you can make one written joke land, we'll go, I'll go shooting with you. I was like, okay. <laughs> and went up there. I have, I have the recording. Nobody else will ever see that thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, of it and all three of my jokes landed and it was definitely it was one of those like where you're like oh wow this feels awesome you know to, like for people laughing and and uh, uh i guess with you uh, i mean i guess you want them to laugh at you in that aspect i never understood what you were supposed to say on that but um <laughs> But yeah, and I, I did about uh, uh, my first two years in comedy. I've been doing it for uh, a little over six years now. Um, my first two years, I was a roast comic. That's all I did was a riff on stage. And then I moved from Dallas to Arizona and down there in Tucson at Laughs Comedy Club. Um, yeah, they uh, the owner and the manager down there were amazing. So the stuff that you're paying 400 bucks in New York City to learn, they were teaching to whoever showed up to the open mic. Your stage presence, what to do with the with the microphone, um, how to write jokes, things like that. So, yeah, it, it was awesome. Like you could get in there and um, you know you'd have headliners come through and you just kind of sat around. You got to talk to them and you know, pick up notes and stuff. And then, uh, I was there for about a year and a half and then got an opportunity to come up here. Now I live in New Jersey and mostly perform between New York city and Philly. So what have you, so like definitely this past year with comedy and everything has just looked very different. So how have you been kind of keeping comedy alive during the pandemic or what have you been up to? So uh, a, a few things. So one of them was obviously going to the virtual world. Um, so the production company was one of the first in, uh, in the New York area. We started March 18th was our first virtual show. Mm -hmm. um, that was less than a week after New Jersey shut down. So uh, I remember doing my last live show in New Jersey, March 12th. Um, and then 
yeah, March 18th, we started, uh, I was like, let's do some virtual shows. Um, the other thing that we started doing was uh, we did out some outdoor shows. Um, and also uh, during the quarantine, which uh, I, I, a lot of people really didn't do much of, but a lot of them landed in my lap, were private shows, like going into people's backyards and doing shows there. Uh, one of the, one of the, I guess, oddest, but the coolest ones was, uh, got to do a show, uh, in this guy's backyard and we put the swimming pool between us and the audience. Oh, cool. So he had an Olympic sized swimming pool in his backyard and we stood on one side with the speakers and everything and him and his family were on the other and his friends and stuff. So I was like, okay. How did these people find you for like backyard shows? Like had they been to your shows pre-pandemic or were they like randomly reaching out to comedians? This is the first time I've ever heard of people doing oh, like there's, paid there's, backyard shows. Yeah, no, there's there's like tons of you there's like websites and apps that you can get booked off of. Um the other thing is uh you know, you got to market yourself also. Um and one of the things I did, uh I think it I think the outdoor shows and stuff started around June, if I remember right. Um, literally, I just went on Facebook to like some of these town forums and was like, hey, you know what? You have professional comics that are out essentially out of work right now. If you have the room, like we'll go, we'll go there and, you know, you feed us and give us a little bit of money and we'll put on a show for you. And people were like, yeah, sure. Come on. That's such a smart way to do it, to just be like, hey, you know what you need? A good laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we did, we did, we did a birth, we ended up doing a birthday in Pennsylvania and it was really cool because they lived on like this private golf course and it almost had like its own little stage by their house. So it was awesome. It was wow. like rocks that were elevated. And so we all just kind of stood up on the rocks and did what we did the show. So that's so cool. And then, so what had you been doing before the pandemic? Were you also just like, were you on shows? Were you producing any shows? Cause you said you, you were producing an online mic. Was that a, like a mic from the past that had been taken virtually or did you see an opportunity and seize it or yeah. Like what was your production schedule, I guess. in your well, Virtually we started with shows. Um, we really didn't start a mic until a few months later as far as the virtual world. Now, beforehand, uh, I was, uh, let's see, we were, uh, and I say we just because I have co-producers in the company as well. Mm -hmm. um, we were running uh, a, a monthly show in Hoboken, New Jersey, at a Mulligan's Pub, which has started back up. So we, we had our first show, Welcome Back show, uh, March 31st, and we're gonna be doing every two weeks there. Um, and it's awesome. They they have like little plexiglass, so it's safe and everything else. Um, so we were. I was running that in our. I was running that with Elizabeth Lopez. She was my co-producer for that. And then myself and Meg Felling had a, had a house show at uh, the Creek in the Cave before it shut down. It was called Comedy Civil War. And what we did was we took um, comics that kind of were part of a, a little community. So. And we would put them against each other, not roast. Like you just had to have your best five minutes and put them against each other. And we, uh, I think we ended up getting through the battle of New York city before we finished and Staten Island won. Oh, that's so cool. 
Yeah, we uh, we did. Uh, we broke it down into six. So we had Staten Island, Harlem, Manhattan. Which, yes, I know Harlem and Manhattan are part of each other. But <laughs> but we had enough comics out of Harlem that were like, no, let us do our own thing. We're like, all right, cool. Um, the Bronx, Queens, and Brooklyn, and we it just made a little tournament and uh, let it go. So and and we had a lot of fun with it. Like I think our the championship show we uh, I think we had like fifteen people, which I don't know if y'all went to the creek in the cave before it shut down, but upstairs fifteen people was like almost packed out. Hmm. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, we did that, and I uh, also ran a mic in in Hoboken or sorry, well Kenilworth, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and. and yeah, uh, I, I try and stay pretty busy. So, um, but as far as my comedy goes, like I was, uh, it kind of sucked when everything shut down because I was just getting all my steam going with the clubs and with uh, you know some of the higher end pri- uh, like privately produced shows in the city. Mm-hmm. When everything sh- like I literally had my my audition. Um, for New York Comedy Club like a month beforehand. And I was just like. <laughs> Are any of these things that you were doing before the pandemic, things that you're either have started to bring back or plan on bringing back now that New York and comedy are kind of starting to open again? Or have you like found a way to do them online? Like, is there any, has there been any, is there a plan or has there any crossover with stuff? Um, well, like I said, our Hoboken show, we started back up. So um, that that that's just, the, the setup at that uh, at Mulligan's Pub is just too good to walk away from because they literally have a whole other room for entertainment. Oh, awesome. Um, so you don't have to deal with the bar people and all that. Like, you have your own room. You can set it up. They're, you know, you control that whole area over there. Uh, and that's one of the, one of the reasons why, because uh, I, I stayed in contact with the owner the whole time during quarantine, like, Hey, I know you have an outside area. It doesn't hold much, but if you want, we'll put a show on to help you out. And, um, because he's always been really cool with us in in all the comics. And so as soon as he was like, Hey, this is how many people you can have in the back. You you can start doing your shows again. I was like, sweet. Um, (laughs) And we're going to be doing that uh, every two weeks. Um, during the quarantine we also added added two shows actually we added two shows so sweet spot comedy um i do with uh meg patnod mm-hmm. yeah love yeah and, <laughs> and uh and then we added the open mics which is a football back comedy open mic so uh just so you know like every um every show that we have there's a purpose for the name that it has so headspace and timing is a military term for how for how you uh for, it's how you uh um calibrate a 50 caliber machine gun you have to set it up the headspace and timing but it's also how my goal for my comedy is i want people to have to think about what i'm doing mm-hmm. and maybe it might take them a second to get what i'm saying so headspace timing uh, sweet spot. The whole purpose of that particular show is you're not allowed to do politics. You're not allowed to do social justice or nothing like that. You have to just make people laugh. 
Um, and that came out of actually, um, we had, uh, after doing shows and talking to audience members, um, understandably people were getting a little overwhelmed with everything that happened last year (laughs) and they were just tired of hearing about it. Like, you know, they show up to an outdoor comedy show. They've been listening to the news. They've been reading things on Facebook. They're like, can you please just make us laugh without preaching and and so uh i talked with uh meg and we were like yeah let's do this and i was really surprised that uh you had some comics that were like no you're not gonna tell me i can't do a joke i'm like well i'm gonna tell you you're not getting booked then (laughs) um but for the most part most of the comics that we reached out to including really big names like we had matthew brazard uh on there we had zach miko which who's going to be on the mulligan show on the 14th um and if you've never got to see him yeah he doesn't talk about he does tell stories about his life they're really really messed up but (laughs) um yeah but they're just stories about his life and you can just set that and like i've i've seen him just destroy rooms with it and uh um, so yeah, that's where sweet, sweet spot came from and football bat comedy football bat means that you're useless. Uh, <laughs> is that also military or is that a, yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is like a slang term I'm missing out on. <laughs> yeah. It just means, you know, you're as useful as a football bat. Well, you don't use a bat in football. So there you go. <laughs> I literally didn't even think of that. <laughs> you said that. So yeah, of course there's a football bat. Duh. I don't no. Sports stuff. But yeah, so that's, that's where they all came from. And uh, cause we want, we want to have like our own little inner joke with the production names, you know? Yeah. No. And that's such like, it's, it's such a fun and also clear way to name things. Like, I feel like there are so many mics out there. Not that it's a bad thing or a good thing, but yeah. it's like, ah, yes, the gremlin mic, which is like, I don't know what is happening here, but it's, uh, <laughs> here we are. Yeah. Honestly, yes. Speaking of like different things you produced and online, uh, I'd love to talk a little bit about uh, winging it, what the inspir- what it is, what the inspiration for it is, uh, stuff like that. Sure, sure. Um, well, I mean, you, you know a, a, a little bit about how the how the show <laughs> runs. Um, and winging it, oh, that's the that's the other thing. So winging it, um, uh, that came about. So the little character that we have on winging it. It's called the Good Idea Fairy. It's an it's actually a cartoon. So a buddy of mine, Mark Baker, um, does a cartoon that he puts out, um, and it's called Private Murphy's Law. It's a mil- it's an army cartoon, um, and he's been doing it for a long, long time. And I've been a fan for forever. Um, and whenever. I so this is what headspace and timing comedy actually started out as. So when I first started producing shows, it was in the the basement of Lucky Jacks in Manhattan, um, and it was live. But at the time, I didn't know enough about producing, like how to market stuff and things like that. So it didn't work out. But essentially, what it is, uh, um, the way I try and explain it to people is if you've ever seen, uh, um. Uh, whose line is it anyway? Like scenes from a hat. Mm-hmm, yeah. But instead of for improv, we're doing it for stand-up comedy. 
So we're going to give you a premise and you just do quick jokes. Um, and it's, it's something that, uh, like I loved watching and there's also a, a British version is, uh, um, uh, mock, mock the week. <laughs> and like, I kind of combined those two ideas and was like, yeah. So like when we, we go to start doing this live, it's going to be closer to like mock the week than it was, than it will be to, uh, whose line is it anyways. Um, but yeah, it's essentially, it's just, uh, we do auditions for it. So it's not a regular book show. If you're booked, you're booked for the season. So, um, uh, Carly's done two, uh, almost two seasons with us. So, um, she, she, she does really well at it. Like she does, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really fun show. I like being part yeah. of it. I know you said, uh, and I, I know you've posted, like, I know about this, but people listening may not. Um, <laughs> what are you kind of doing to take it from like the zoom virtual pandemic world into like a post-pandemic world. And let me clarify that um, because I know we, we've we been asked a lot of the questions because obviously right now our cast spans literally the world. We have somebody in Japan. We have somebody in Scotland. We have uh, quite a few people all over the U.S. And, and just to clarify, we're not going to drop those cast members. So what we're going to do and what we're working on is we're going to work with the Producers Club to uh, hopefully start doing at least once a month a live version of that, a live show. But we will still be doing uh, a recording because it's not necessarily something that has to go away just because virtual comedy went away, just because we're, we're not doing it live. It's a recording usually. So this would be your one live show a month. Um, and then everything else we would still record because we don't want to lose the, the podcast uh, um, followers and, uh, we're in 12 countries now. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm oh, sorry. Well, I was gonna say, that's, and that's supposed to be at the, or we're planning, you're planning on having that at the producers club in midtown Manhattan. That one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And, Cause they have multiple theaters and right now they don't have plays going on. Cause you know, people need to practice and yeah, work their way back up. So right now they're offering it. And I was like, yeah, I was like, let's do it. Um, I've also uh, a couple, I know for a fact, uh, I can't say which one, but there's been a festival that has reached out to be like, hey, would you mind doing it as part of the festival? I said, yeah, if I could bring my cast, I'm not doing it with your people. <laughs> I'm like, because it, it's not just my show. That's the other thing is like that, like, it's not like my regular comedy shows, like my regular comedy shows are mine. Um, that one there, there's a reason why we have the host. There's a reason why we have a cast and there's a reason why we, why, why I, why I put things together the way I did is cause I wanted it to be a cast, like a family. So, um, uh, that's the reason like we have our own little, you know, Facebook thing that nobody else, you can't share anything outside of it. Um, and you know, we do all kind of, we, we keep stuff in there, but yeah. Um, and that's the whole idea. Like I said, eventually we, it will go, uh, we'll go live. Hopefully, you know, knock on wood, we get signed by somebody and we can start making money off of it. So yeah, that'd be so, so cool. I know it's so awesome that, um, 
yeah, that you've been producing the show and that it's, it's coming to life in a post pandemic world. Are there any other things that you've seen, um, like as a comedian, as someone who was involved in the, um, zoom world, any like changes you've seen that you think are going to happen to the comedy world going forward? Like just as like broad strokes. Um, I think some of the stuff you're going to see, uh, I don't think zoom's going to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah, because, that's a huge debate that I've been hearing lately is like, like on, in Facebook groups and at open mics and stuff is it, it's like, Oh, are we going to go back to online or we're going to keep the online mics? We're going to go back to in-person. Um, yeah. I feel like that's such a debate. What, yeah. Continue with your take on that. Well, <laughs> well I can tell you even for corporate shows, cause I do some of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually had corporations that are like, we'd much rather do this online because yeah. uh, so like last year, uh, I put together a corporate veteran show um, for Veterans Day. And we had a a couple different, and this was the other thing that's really cool is we had a couple different companies that we could put together, make a lot more money that way. Uh, Yeah. And the companies were more than happy because they get a feed. They can have their people just watching a TV and we can, we can hear the laughter but now you can sign multiple people to the same contract mm-hmm. or if it's just one company, now they can be like, oh, well now we, it's not just for our New York City people. Now we can put it out to the Des Moines, Iowa, or, you know, Havelock, North Carolina or whatever. Um, you know, now they can get people that normally wouldn't, they, they're not gonna pay for a comic to go out in the middle of nowhere, Alabama and do a show for five people. Yeah. <laughs> But now they can send that feed out there and get it. So a lot of corporations are really happy with it, you know, because they're getting more bang for their buck. So it's true. Like this whole thing, even with this and with winging it, like it has made comedy so much more like global and widespread for everyone, which is definitely interesting. Uh, Just not really even backtracking, but something you've brought up a few times is, uh, like the military, you seem to have produced a lot of shows. Some of your things have like military themed names and stuff. How do you think the military has influenced your comedy or has it? Um, I, I definitely say it has. I mean, I, I served for a, a, a long time. Um, I did 15 years in the army. So before I retired, um, and I'm just now getting to the point to where I've almost been out. Uh, no, yeah, uh, it's got a couple more years, but I, uh, I still have a few more years before I'll be out longer than I was in. So, but there's a lot of stuff that I, that I bring, whether it's to production or comedy from the military and it's, uh, you know, don't be late. So, uh, you know, just the professionalism behind it, you know, be on time, be ready. Um, like I practice all my sets. And, th- and that came from the military, like, uh, uh, you know, even when you're deployed down, you know, when you're deployed, whether it's Iraq, Afghanistan, you practice drills, you know, like, okay, well, what happens if, you know, you kick a door in and it swings this way instead of that way? What do you do? Well, you yeah. got to practice. And the same thing with your sets. So that's the reason. And I know some producers get irritated with me because as soon as they're like, hey, like, we want to be like, okay, well, how long is the set? And they're like, well, I don't know yet. All right, well, I need to know at least a couple of days in advance. So I can sit there and like figure out because maybe there's something new that I want to work in there. 
Um, the other thing that I do and, and really good advice for um, new newer comics, especially, but any any uh, comedian, I would say, is uh, when somebody asks how much time you can do, it's how much time you can do if you eat shit the entire time. <laughs> so if you bomb for the entire time, how long can you do? Because there's some shows that I've done where you get a contract. And it's like you have to do so much time to get paid. And yeah. especially like if I like if I'm producing the show, then I have my bigger contract. And I've already said, like, you know, like say for instance, my contract as the producer says we have to do, you know, two hours. Well now, you know, I go to Carly and I'm like, hey, how much time can you do? And you're like and obviously the, the just an example but you're like oh wow yeah i did that zoom show and i did 20 minutes but yeah but you know nine of that was you stopping because you had to wait for you know zoom to catch up or the laughter and laugh track and now you get up on stage and for whatever reason you're just not hitting that night and you don't fulfill your time well now i gotta go to somebody else and be like dude you gotta stretch this yeah so that's the, uh, that's the other thing is, uh, that I would probably say. And one of the other things I do is literally, uh, at the end of every month, I go through my entire, every joke that I have so I can see how much time I, do I have. Yeah. Well, that's super that's, interesting. That's so smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. So you said you've been hosting a lot of mics, um, and producing a lot of things. Are there any uh, new mics coming up or ones that you have going yeah um so uh every tuesday uh, from 6 30 to 8 i do a virtual mic um and uh that one's strictly zoom uh the and i've actually talked to some of the comics about that at least the, like the ones that are showing up and that's we're gonna keep that rolling as long as people want to do it. And actually a lot of comics, even now that things have opened, they're like, you know, for mics, it's great if you can just kind of chill at your house one day a week and just run five or six mics from your desk. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, but the other thing is, so over the, the quarantine, uh, and, and I know we, we were talking about this before, before everything, but uh, I was running um, outdoor and uh, one indoor mic, but we started doing 10, uh, um, 10 minute mics. Oh, wow. So one of the uh, kind of gaps or, or um, that I saw um, in the comedy scene is you have a lot of five minute mics. Well, that's awesome if you're trying to get ready for a type five or you're trying to get ready for late night. But what are you supposed to do if you want to now be a feature? Or if you have a, a comedic story that's going to go seven, eight minutes. Um, and it was just one of those, that it, not only that, but like when you leave the comedy scene in New York and you start going to other places, they're like, hey, how much time can you do? Well, I can do a really good five minutes if you give me, and I can do another five minutes, but I can't tie them together because I've never had to do that. And I was like, no, people need to be able to do this. So uh, I started, uh, that's where football bat comedy open mic kind of came from. 
was uh, 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 like I said what it meant, but the reason that I uh, that it also fits is because I was like five minutes is nothing. Um, you know, like I said, except for those very specific reasons you want five minutes, everything else you better be able to do more time, legit time. Mm-hmm. And you need to be able to work on that as one continuous flow. So I started doing a, a 10 minute mic and uh, we started getting at first, of course, it's it's just regular, you know, your normal open mic comics. Um, and then slowly as it started getting out, we started getting people with, you know, late night spots. Comedy Central credits coming in like, hey, man, like we really, you know, we didn't know anybody did this. Yeah, like, this is cool. Um, and it now that as things are starting to to open up, um, I've talked with some of the uh, uh, I, the term I use. I'm sure there's something out there, but I call them the legacy open mic producers, the people who have been doing, you know, running the open mics in the city for a long time. Um, and basically it was like, Hey, even if you don't run an entire mic, like I did for 10 minutes, open up a couple spots, you know, and start giving people a chance to, uh, to start running their 10 minute sets. Um, and uh, quite a few of them took me up on that. Um, I, uh, I don't know their exact procedure, but I know you can, uh, like for instance, um, Sonia Sovinich uh who runs um oh the black cat open mic um comedians on the loose that's what it is uh that's the name of her production company um she started putting in 10 minute spots so you were talking about quite a bit about um you know like people bombing on shows that you've produced in the past are there any like fun instances where you've bombed or any stories you can tell about that (laughs) Um, oh yeah, no, I have, I, I have, uh, so my two worst bombings, which, uh, one of them is why I don't do shows on Halloween anymore. Um, <laughs> so I have horrible luck on Halloween. Like I did, uh, my first year up here was one of the bombing stories. So me and a really good buddy of mine went down to Delaware to a house party, they were like, oh, we want comedy. I'm like, okay, cool, let's go do this. We show up and everybody that's at that house, they're all part of different bands, but they're all together. So like, you might have one guy that's the drummer for two of the bands and then the lead singer, the bassist for this other, and they're like punk, uh, progressive bands. And it was, it was really weird. Um, and especially at a house party where they're even making their friends buy the alcohol. I'm like, you're a bastard. Um, <laughs> but we, so we go in there, we start the show and my buddy gets up there and there is a, uh, an effeminate looking drummer for the, the one that does the two bands. And we couldn't figure out what they were, uh, whether it was male or female. And my buddy, without asking, was just like, oh. And he had a joke, something uh, about, you know, lesbians or something. And he was like, you understand, right? And he pointed at the dude. Um, And the guy was like, I'm a guy. And he tried to play it off. And he was like, oh, I couldn't tell. So. Oh, no. Oh, that, That show went dead. And I had to follow him. And it did not go well. 
because they were like, oh, you're from the South, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, go away. Um, <laughs> so pretty much I did my 10 minutes and it, oh, it sucks so bad. That was one of them. Um, and then the, the absolute worst one, I went up to upstate New York to do a show. Uh, I think it was like the November before quarantine shut down and got up there and we show up, it's a, it's a bar show, but we show up and they were supposed to have you. It was UFC fight night. They had already started the fights and had the TVs on when we showed up. Oh no. Oh dear. And this, oh. and this isn't like the nice, like part of, of New York. This is like what reminds me of back home. Like you have people with like chew in their mouth watching it with like two beers, one to spit in, one to drink. And like we walked in and I was like, oh, dude, I don't think they're going to care. And the, then the owner of the bar like starts shutting off the UFC fights and people are like, hey, what are you doing? Stop that. And I was like, oh, this is going to suck. The, the, <laughs> host, the host lied about ever hosting before. We found that out. Oh my God. Good. That's good. That's always. A How good did you thing. find the host if they. You had oh, to lie he, was about a, he was a local dude. Oh, okay. Uh, and it wasn't one I booked, it, it was a buddy of mine. So he booked him because he was like, oh, he's local. Like he's done this before. No, this guy pisses everybody off in the whole place right no. before. And I'm over there like, just shut up, bring me up. Let's go. Let's go. Just bring me up. And then I go up, the speaker system goes out. And I'm doing 25 minutes in already a loudish type place. Halfway through my halfway through the set, my voice is gone. Oh no. Like I lost lost my voice because I was having to scream my set. And uh yeah, it just that was just horrible all the way around. Nobody did well that night. So we were ever so happy to head back home. <laughs> so, and, and like I, I didn't get my voice back till like almost a day and a half later so so just finally we just wanted to ask if there's anything you want to promote any shows social media anything anything coming up you want people to go see or follow um yeah I mean for for the most part for for all my shows I put them out on all my social media you can look at at James Mack comedy j-a-m-e-s-m-a-c comedy um i'm on tiktok um facebook instagram uh i'm sure I, i'm not on twitter i get in trouble on twitter so i had to shut that down uh other than that usually um uh, i perform at broadway and greenwich village quite often um yeah other than that like i said just kind of if you follow me on any of those because i post flyers all over um yeah awesome yeah great well thank you so much for coming on yes it's been so fun talking to you oh thank y'all for having me thank you for listening to laughing your mask off if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe and leave a good review to keep up with our hosts follow katherine at katherine.reagan spelled r-e-a-g-a-n and carly at carly palestina on instagram see you next week